0: Welcome to Dirk's Tiny Podcast. Today's episode I title Niche versus Majority Podcast. The way I see it, as a podcast producer, you have one of two choices. Number one is you try to produce a podcast that is appealing to as many people as possible. So audience growth and audience reach are the main drivers for every decision you make. What is the topic you talk about? What is the opinion you voice? The guests you invite? The length of your episode? The frequency of publishing? The channels you're publishing into? The artwork? The collateral material? All of these decisions you optimize to reach one goal. And that is to maximize your audience growth. If your podcast, for instance, hypothetically, is a show about podcasting, trying to reach podcasters, your price would be to reach 100% of people that podcast. Since we're talking English here, let's say English-speaking podcasters. I would say globally, that's probably, give or take, something between one and two million people. And as soon as I reach those two million people, I've done it. Of course, two million is not as sexy as, say, 20 million, which is exactly why people try to pick topics that appeal to more than just a subset of the community of podcast listeners. And the mainstream topics, if you will, are sex, security, finance, health, happiness, a little bit of gossip maybe. I think you get the idea. It helps if you're a celebrity because then more people know and recognize you and are eager to hear your voice. What is an alternative to that? Well, the alternative is that you appeal to the niche or niche, how some Americans like to call it. And the niche would be, people who enjoy the type of content you produce. So instead of trying to tailor your podcast for the masses, you actually produce content that's interesting for a very specific group of people. And for those, it matches like a glove. So instead of having a product that's basically smooth around the edges and optimized for maximum audience appeal, you produce something unique, And trust that the kind of people who enjoy that kind of content will find you. And because everything else is mainstreamy, they probably appreciate it even more. Now your decision-making process changes. Instead of asking yourself, hey, what edge do I need to smooth out in order to not frustrate a few thousand people here and a few thousand people there? Instead of that, you ask yourself, How do I serve the group of listeners I already have really, really well? And if you manage to do that, you may even be able to make a living out of that. Kevin Kelly, the founder of the Wired magazine and an accomplished thinker in the space, once said, all it takes a creator to make a living is 1000 true fans. And by creator, he means actually any kind of creative professional, a musician, a designer, an entrepreneur, an app maker, a podcaster. One thousand true fans. And that, my friends, explains all the outliers that you see. Dan Carlin, who can publish nine hour long episodes on hardcore history and still is one of the most famous and most successful podcasters in the space, can be explained by this rule. There are examples of podcasters with even less than that, with like something around 500 listeners or so who make a living because people sponsor the podcast. And the beauty of that is if you embrace that kind of thinking, then a lot of stuff that restricts your creativity just became irrelevant. Articles, for instance, tell you that you should aim for having something between 30 and 30 minutes maximum length because that's the average duration of a commute to work. But maybe you know that your podcast listeners don't commute or have more spare time at their hands or less spare time. All of a sudden, the advice just became irrelevant for you. Instead, you ask your strongest fans, the most outspoken people that follow your podcast, what their preference would be. You see, the beauty of podcasting is that all of a sudden, There is no need for a central big broadcasting station that has to reach millions of people in order to make a living because otherwise they can't afford to maintain that crazy expensive technology they're using and the staff that they are having on payroll. The beauty of podcasting is everybody can do it. Distribution practically comes for free. And even the nerdiest, most remote niche interest finds a listenership of way more than a thousand people. That is why every single niche potentially could carry your passion. However, there is one problem and that one problem is the platforms. There is a desire out there to consolidate podcasts on big platforms. A lot of companies want to be the next Netflix, YouTube, what have you, of podcasting because there's money to be had. Of course, Spotify or Deezer or Podimo or whatever the name of the company may be have no interest in the niche. They want to reach as many people as possible because they sell ads or memberships. They are not interested in the marine biologists that want to talk about marine organisms all day long. They don't care about the gay parents community in Asia and niche formats are actually a problem for them. Imagine you have a platform that plays an ad in front and at the end of your podcast episode. And then your podcast comes along with eight hour long episodes. All of a sudden, the frequency in which the platform can play the ad goes down. They have no interest in that. A comedy podcast reaching a couple of hundred thousand people or a news podcast is more interesting to them than the niche podcast talking about old arthouse movies. And that is in part where all the recommendations come from. To pick one example, frequency of release. It's told that you should try to release your content frequently, regularly on a set schedule that you don't change. By the way, that's not exclusive to podcasts. The same is true for images. If you're on Instagram, then the platform nudges you to post as often as you can. Ideally, at least once a day. And it prefers stories over podcasts picture posts. The reason is not that you're a better creator if you follow that structure. The reason is that Instagram knows that the audience is more likely to stay on the platform the more content they get. And the longer they stay on the platform, the more advertisement they can be presented with. And the more advertisements they can be presented with, the more likely it becomes they click on that stuff, the more money Facebook makes. It's as easy as that. For the creator, that actually becomes decremental. I follow a number of really talented, awesome photographers. And I noticed that the quality of postings they publish actually goes down over time. In the beginning, there's a ramp up. They start publishing pictures every day. And I noticed it myself. If you're a photographer doing pictures every day, you become better at first. But then you hit a wall. There's that moment when you actually realize that in order to do something meaningful, you have to think in projects, you have to think longer, you have to prepare more. And all of a sudden, your frequency goes down. The photographers that stick with the daily frequency actually plateau in their picture quality and the pictures become boring. And the same is true for podcasts. If your scheduling decision is based on the expectation of a platform, on the expectation of the masses, which is sometimes the same thing. Chances are you will podcast at times when you have no appetite for it. You will rather release something mediocre and boring because you don't want to drop the ball. Now, of course, having a forcing function that actually gets you to do these kind of things on a regular basis is a positive thing. And sometimes good is better than best. Don't get me wrong. I did daily podcasts in the past. I know exactly what I'm talking about. However, I'm pretty sure your audience wouldn't mind waiting every once in a while if that means you're having more fun in creating your podcast and therefore the episode will be better. They also probably prefer waiting a little bit over not getting a podcast at all because if you're forced into a schedule, chances are at some point it's just not fun anymore. Your podcast will turn into some form of work. And unless it is your breadwinning project – This may be actually not only decremental to your quality, you may likely ask yourself at some point why you're doing this in the first place and stop the project. So wrapping all this up, you probably guessed it. I urge you to think in terms of niche instead of the masses. It will make you a happier podcaster. It will make your audience happier. It will produce better quality podcasts in the end and you avoid competing with people you can't win against anyway.